When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Not only is this delicious coffee, but it packs a CBD punch. And of course, CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on. It can help relieve in your body. And I got another two for one punch for you. If you use the code DNVR25 at checkout, you'll get 25% off your first order over at Strava Craft Coffee. That is just exclusively for our listeners on this pod. And then after you use that code and save 25%, if you subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, You'll get 20% off every single order after that for the rest of your life. And you can also have it where it's set up to be delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks, or however often you want. Strava Coffee will just show up at your door at 20% off. And so go check them out at StravaCoffee.com. Not only do they have that CBD coffee, but they have delicious flavors. You can get a little toasted marshmallow. That is my personal favorite. So check them out. Use that code DNVR25 over at StravaCoffee.com. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR Two goes out to Zach Mace at the bar Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case Number four we're still waiting for Well, bring on the chase Out on the field in my Welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because over at MSU Denver Online, they are the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities. But over at MSU Denver, they have mastered this because they started doing online learning before the pandemic hit. So they are way above all other colleges and universities so make sure to check them out because whether you're online or in campus it's all the same to them and you get the exact same education and the same degree so check them out over at msu denver online my boy mace what's going on my friend hey braves are up one nothing in the world series <laughs> yes they I'm a, are I'm things a happy are good guy this morning yes. yes and pretty dominant well, too yeah but at the same time when you lose your your game one starting picture to a broken leg right there charlie morton by the way actually getting three outs after he broke his leg. So think about that. Wow. And he's still throwing 96, 97 on a, on a fractured (laughs) fibula. I mean, that's going to be one of those things that uh, you talk about years from now, but uh, especially if they win. Yeah. But uh, Hey, they're up. That's all you can ask for. But uh, the one thing that Braves fans have kind of dealt with throughout the year is, okay, is this going to be the injury that kind of sends it careening down the hill? You hope that this isn't the one. So, here in the World Series, but uh, we'll find out. But still, a win is a win. Mace, maybe you won't even need him. You know, if you get that uh, four games, you oh, won't dude, even need dude, him. Come on, come on, come on. Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> well, like we said yesterday, everyone's pulling for your Braves. You got to be up two nothing before you can talk about even three nothing or four nothing. So. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like you know, in the football, they have the twenty-four hour rule. Well, in baseball, it really it's not even twenty-four hours right. because most of, because most of the time you've got another game tomorrow. So. You enjoy it, and then they're right back at it tonight. That being said, big picture baseball thing, 
They got to do something about pace of play. A nine-inning mm. game should not take four hours and six minutes. Oh, man. I yeah. didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. I mean, it's – And this is coming from a Braves fan. I lo- loved watching last night. I, I love baseball, but the length is excruciating. Yeah. And I have the same tough. complaint about college football as well. Yeah. I've gotten too used to soccer. Two hours – in and out. I don't think that's ever going to be baseball. But if baseball can get a game like that down to three hours, they're right where they need to be. And so they've got to work on that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And speaking of speeding things up, our first comment coming in from uh, Scott Jackson. He says, first time tuning in live. Usually listen to this sped up, weird hearing you guys at normal speed. So when you talk like this, when you talk really fast, so we, we, can, oh, we can handle it for Scott Jackson? What would that yeah. sound like sped up, though, Mace? Oh, God. Right. <laughs> Unintelligible. I mean, right, exactly. It, it would sound like the, the chipmunks on acid. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what it'd be. And we really appreciate you tuning <laughs> Thanks, in live, Scott. Scott. For everyone tuning in live, if you're on Twitter, hop over to YouTube. Hit us with a thumbs up when you're there. We really appreciate it. And, of course, get in the live chat. We love to hear from you. Uh, Ryan, hello. Uh, we got Bells tuning in. Jason, great to see you guys tuning in live. Thank you so much for the support, and thank you so much for the likes. And, Mace, you, you talked about playing injured. Yes. And that is clearly what Teddy Bridgewater did last week and yesterday he was on with our friends over at koa and he detailed that he was more injured than uh, he or anyone else led to believe on yep that he was playing last week at 70 to 75 Ah, the sweet spot percent health wise and that's what he was feeling and um i think it just yields the obvious question Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer said the competition was close this summer. They said that it was neck and neck, even Steven for a while. If it were that close, then a a Drew Locke at 100% would, in theory, exceed the capabilities of Teddy Bridgewater at 75%, right? I mean, doesn't that seem logical? It has to be. Yes. Well, then... It's always the whole thing of what they do versus what they say. They yeah. said one thing, but they clearly did they, they did something else. So, A, they don't have faith in Drew Locke. B, the other thing is 70 is 75%, and he's hobbling around all week. Are you doing Teddy any, any service? Are you doing the team any service by having him out there? You're, you're Probably the best service is by trying to get by for a game without him, kind of like the Browns did. Going to get by without Baker Mayfield. Going to let him see if he can heal. We'll bring in Case Keenum. We'll try to win this game. I mean, that's what your backup is for, right? Especially (laughs) if the backup is close in talent and ability to the starter. And two weeks ago, I believe it was, or maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago from last week, uh, we had Vic Fangio say that he still views Drew Locke as a starting quarterback Mm -hmm. in this league. So it's not like Drew has significantly fallen off in their eyes, at least what they're publicly saying, Mace. So something certainly doesn't add up. I guess another scenario here is Teddy hid it from them all of last week, which we know just isn't true because he was hobbling. It was so clear to everyone. So it does boil down to... Obviously, it's pretty darn clear now, Mace, that the coaching staff has just tried to protect Drew, has just tried to be nice to him, because they certainly don't view him in the way that they've been talking about Well, him. the thing is, like, go back to Tuesday's press conferences, and Vic is much more declarative about the possibility of Bridgewater playing against Cleveland than Teddy was. Mm-hmm. Vic's like, you know, Teddy right. expects Teddy to play, and then Teddy's like, well, we'll see, we'll test it, we'll give it a go. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that says a lot right there, doesn't yeah. it? Not that, yeah, yeah, Vic's like, no, you're playing, bud. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you're you're glad that Teddy presumably didn't come out feeling any any worse, but was the risk worth it? Again, if you supposedly have this really this guy that you say is a, a starting quality quarterback who's there in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that we can kind of get into the psychology of it. Are are they afraid of what the public reaction would be if Drew Locke played well and people would call for him? <sighs> well, that's that's a lack of confidence in right. yourself in yourself yep. as coaches. Yep. I think in that instance, what you you just simply say what most confident coaches, confident teams would say: We're going to play Drew Locke. When Teddy is healthy, yep. he's the starter. He's our quarterback. That's it. He's our quarterback. That's it. Yep. We're calling Drew up for the bullpen. We'll use him for as long as we need. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, if Drew Locke work, does well, that's great. But then you say we're still going back to Teddy. You kind of – again, you got to kind of show a confidence that, frankly, I don't think this coaching staff has shown 
or at least at the top level of it, has that coach the coach the coach hasn't shown in his three years on the job. Yeah, you're 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 100 right, Mason. Then if we take a step back and look at this at the bigger mm-hmm. picture, what this means is, Mason, yeah. th- th- this means that we have a lot of fans in the live pod and mm-hmm. our comments left on the podcast side of things saying. Bring Drew in. Bring Drew in. He can't be any worse. He can't be any worse. At least have you know get to see if he's the future. But Mace, it, it comes back to what we say to counter that is, I understand where you're coming from because if they're gonna lose, you at least want it to be exciting. But with Drew, the coaches aren't going to do that. That's not how the coaches view this. So there's a huge disconnect between a lot of fans out there and the coaches. And for me, how I view this, Mace, is. If you want to bring Drew in because the Broncos are losing and at least if they lose, it's going to be a little more fun and there's going to be some maybe some bigger splash plays but also some, some bigger negative plays, okay, that's fine. But when you start getting into the argument of uh, we need to see if Drew can be the future, that's where you lose me because this organization, not just the coaching staff, but this, this goes up to George Payton as well. They've said Drew is not the guy in Denver last year, this year, moving forward. So to me, if you want to see Drew, just because it's a little more fun, that's fine. But if you want to see Drew because he's the future, that's just that's not the case. And Mace, I don't want that to be the case. And here's why. Because we don't need another year of holding mm-hmm. on to below average quarterback play and that getting them through the offseason. And that's what they pin their hopes to is hoping that a below average quarterback, uh, we, we can start from Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. We can start uh, with Brock Osweiler. We, we can go to Joe Flacco. We can go to Case Keenum. We can go to Drew, every single one of them. Below average quarterback that the organization has hoped would be their answer going into the following year. The Broncos don't need that. They, they need a big move at quarterback. They need a big move, and really, the I think the only circumstance in which you should see either of these guys back for 2022, probably Bridgewater in this specific circumstance, is if you've decided we are going to draft a guy. Uh, Todd McShay, in his first kind of 1 through 32, had four quarterbacks on that list. For next year's draft. So you're telling me it's going to be five by the time the draft comes around? Probably. That's the thing. I mean, I know people are down on this quarterback right, class, right. but you're going to look up at the end of the day and still see four or five quarterbacks yep. taken in the first round. Yep. You're going to see, you're going to see Malik Willis. You're, you're going to see Desmond Ritter pop in there. You may see Sam Howell in there. You might you might see Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh in there. Carson Strong's going to be in the mix as well. I mean, you're going to see guys at that position go off the board and the Bronx and so. Basically, that's the only circumstance where I think it would make sense to have Bridgewater back if he is clearly right. a bridge to a young yep. guy. And in fact, if in March we see that they've re-signed Teddy Bridgewater to a one- or two-year deal, that's about as close to telegraphing. Yep. We're drafting a quarterback as yep. you could get. Yep, as long as it's one- to two-year at you know 20 total million dollars, not four years, 120 million. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. Teddy's not on track for a huge mm-hmm. contract anyways. But you're 100% right. That would be a huge signal of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mace, the good thing is it doesn't look – I know a lot of people are saying the Broncos are going to go 3-14. and 14. That's not mm-hmm. going to happen. And so that also is kind of a bad thing because it means that they're not going to be close to the top of the draft. But – Look at the past couple of drafts and look that, sure, you you want a better draft pick to be able to get your guy, but look at the quarterbacks who are having a ton of success. Lamar Jackson, the fifth quarterback taken in that draft, picked at number 32. You say, okay, well, that was just one draft. How about last year? Mac Jones, arguably the best quarterback so far in this draft, or second, but, I mean, he's having Mm -hmm. more success than Trey Lance. He's having more success than Zach Wilson, and and he's certainly having more success than Justin Fields. So, you know, he's a top-two quarterback in the draft. Now, right now, I know things can change, but what I'm saying is Mm -hmm. just because you're picking 11th or 10th or 9th and you're going to end up with the second to fourth quarterback in a draft – doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have success and find your guy. And it's who who's at the top on your board, right? Right. I mean, let's just say let, let's just say hypothetically that they they like Matt Corral's skill set the best. Mm, now we're talking with Lane Kiffin at head coach. Yes. Siri chiming in. Siri had something to say about I, that. I wonder if she was for Matt Corral or against Lane Kiffin in I, that one. Maybe she was dumbfounded by the notion <laughs> right. of packaging the, them together. But Matt Corral, if you're going by Todd McShay's list, he was the second quarterback on the list, right? So, yep. And I think that had him at number 11. Now, that being said, 
in today's day and age, if you're QB two, you're probably that that means you're going to be bumped up a little bit. If you're listed at eleven, you're probably going to go closer to six or seven, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the QB premium. Absolutely. But if you finish seven and ten, and you're picking thirteenth, I mean, you're kind of back where you were last year, picking ninth and having a quarterback fall in your lap. If you really say, okay, we've got we want and we got to get him, you're in a position to where you're not totally destroying several years of drafts to move up and get that and get that guy. Right. So it becomes doable if that's what the Broncos want to do. I frankly I think they will look at the big time veteran options first, you know, a an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, but if those don't pan out, then I think they will go into the draft and that's you know, we'll we'll probably have a pretty good idea by March 1st or so what the Broncos' plan is going to be, whether mm-hmm. it's going to be eventually tossing it to a young guy or going with a veteran. Yeah, I really hope so. And Ian B coming in yep. with a great super chat here about this. And I, and I love how it's pushing mm-hmm. what I said because that's what this is about. It's a conversation we want to see both sides. He says, Baker threw 21 interceptions in his second year. The coaching changed, and he got much better. No quarterback in the NFL has gotten the unfair treatment Drew has and just to bring this uh, just to provide a little more context to Ian B's point here uh as a rookie though because that was his mm-hmm. second year when he went right. out and threw 22 touchdowns 21 interceptions as a rookie he went out and threw 27 touchdowns and 14 interceptions had over a 93 passer rating through for almost 4000 yards and a 64% completion percentage so yes he did have a very disappointing sophomore year but you saw it his rookie year you saw mm-hmm. it for an entire season his rookie year and Drew had five games as a rookie but remember that was a stripped down version of the offense as well and Drew did do well but Mace as you said it it wasn't even a third of the season he did and he did well and he did well kind of in in the in the aggregate the interesting thing that kind of happened over those five games is that he had his big of course his best game was in the second game against Houston and then struggled against Kansas City and then we saw those last two games that was really a vanilla kind of game plan to kind of get to get him on his feet so the other thing also with drew lock fair or unfair when you're a second round pick you don't get the rope that a first round pick does right yep yep and there was a reason why and there was a reason why the entire league passed on drew lock in round one that year yep yep and ian b chimes in again says also if drew would be quarterback one in the 20 also drew would be quarterback one in the 2022 draft no he wouldn't it's so hard to no, he, to years for, with years of separation do that. I mean, the other thing is, 2019 wasn't a great quarterback year, right? I mean, it was it was Kyler Murray, and then Daniel Jones went right. six, and there were a lot yep. of questions about Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins and Drew. Oh, Drew yeah, Q, were Drew, there only three quarterbacks in the first round that year? I believe so. Drew wow. was QB. Drew was QB four that year. Yep, yep. And that wasn't a good year outside of Kyler. I, that's it. Yeah, and so this year. You you may not you don't have a Kyler Murray at the top per se, but I'd say on my list right now I'd have Locke behind Willis, behind Corral, um, behind Ritter, on my list behind Sam Howell as well. Mm. So he'd probably be QB five. Yeah, and we had that conversation yeah. last year too, and that that's kind of what we're maybe he ended QB up six because you'd have Carson Strong in there as well that you could argue. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, it's true. And uh, Mace, a lot of people in the yeah. live pod wanting to dive into this game like right. we're going to. But first, got to dive into DraftKings Sportsbook to tell you guys about this awesome deal that they've got going on. We're all over at DraftKings, so we can't take advantage of this deal, but new customers can. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this awesome offer. If you bet $5 on any NFL game and that team that you choose wins – you get $200 in free bets right there, right then. So why don't you use that on tomorrow night's game? I like the Packers. Maybe just take the points, six and a half. It may even go above seven. I personally like the Packers. If they win, uh, you get $200 in free bets, which you can use on Friday night college ball, Saturday night ball, uh, or even Sunday in, col- in, in the NFL. And, man, 200 bucks is so much fun to use, especially when it's free money. Literally, they're giving you free money to have a ton of fun and get in on the action. So make sure to do that now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. And, of course, DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 by the way my DraftKings pick of the week missed last night because Framber Valdez only had 
two strikeouts <laughs> as the Braves got to him early. Oh, uh, well, you're okay with that I, one losing. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope you didn't use that as the basis of an actual catch wager. <laughs> but I digress. I want to tell you also about ball. And we've talked a lot about open positions at ball. You know, people are what make ball special. People like Zach's and Julie. People at every level come into work at ball each day and give 100% to accomplish the goals. Their production techs are the front line in their can-making operations and directly impact the volume of production they can run, the quality of the production they can run, and are integral to their operations. Production technicians are also important because as their skills grow, they can move into even more mechanical roles. So we got more information about Ball. Their golden plant is looking for these production technicians. You can read the full-on description and apply at jobs.ball.com and search for golden. So we've talked about production technicians. What does a production tech do? Mm, well, yeah. it's a good question. Well, the position is on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's Plants. Ball offers a competitive salary or wage, pardon me, of $27.39 per hour with potential for increases at 6 12, and 18 months on the job. It also offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant. The production technician role touches on the other stages of production making aluminum cans and ends. So what else they do is they adjust the machines on high-speed production equipment and provide our part of the production team both in quality and meeting operational goals for volume. At Ball, all positions have importance and impact, and the production technician has skills, growth, built into it. Many production technicians become maintainers, which is the next step up for the production technician. And employees who have started out as production techs have even gone to other roles in operations and management. It's a full-time role with benefits. Comprehensive insurance is included from the day of hire. Get access to a 401k for retirement, stock purchase ownership program, and even potential for an annual bonus. All of these are benefits that you can get by working at Ball. And as Zach's Aunt Julie can tell you, Ball is a great company to work for and the aluminum can business is booming ball made 101 billion cans last year so if you want to join the ball team as production tech go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden yes search for golden and mace julie aunt julie is also a subscriber and member over at dnvr if you want to be like aunt julie and ride with us We'd really appreciate it. Go to thednvr.com, join our family, and, of course, get a T-shirt when you're at it over at DNVR Locker. And, of course, guys, we got so much going on here at the DNVR Bar, not just games, and we have games with all sound, which is so rare. You don't get that at other bars. You don't get the sound on. And all Colorado games, we get the sound. So come on. Hang out here. Nuggets and abs in full swing right now. We need those teams to get back on track, and you should be here for that. Also, though, we got more than just the games. We've got a delicious happy hour featuring, of course, Hassle Cattle Company, Wagyu Beef, and some great drink deals every uh, every day from 3 to 6. So come stop by. Come say hi. Catch a game here. And then also, Mace, get in on the tailgate this week against the Washington football team. It's Peyton Manning-themed, Halloween-themed. Maybe wear a Peyton jersey. Maybe wear a Halloween Peyton-themed jersey. We were talking about it yesterday. You know, make that make that forehead big and uh, become super smart, and you'll you'll be dressing just like Peyton. Make sure to get your tickets over at DNVR Locker for the tailgate, uh, and of course, you get pizza, sexy pizza. You get Breck beers when you're there, and then if you want to take the bus, which I would highly recommend, you get here at ten. Bus leaves right after the digital tailgate ends. Takes you to the tailgate itself. Only 35 bucks to get the round-trip ticket there and back, including entrance to the tailgate. So make sure to do that. And, of course, we'll have Breck Brews here at the bar. We'll have Breck Brews down at the tailgate. And you can never have enough Breck Brews because they, they've got so many winners over there at Breck Brew. Strawberry, it's still strawberry sky season, which I absolutely love. And as Ryan Davis says, come down on Saturday night for the Halloween party. It's going to be popping. Yeah. Not really a Halloween party person myself. <laughs> are you? Who are you dressing up as, Mace? You going as Peyton? Uh, no. I think I think when we talk to Peyton have, on Saturday, on Sunday, you should dress up as Peyton for the game. And so when you interview mm. him, you look just like him. No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't I think that one was gonna fly Sorry. for you. Sorry, I, I'm just curious to see if they uh, get the uh, the forehead right like they did on his Hall of Fame bust mm. when they have his Ring of Fame pillar. Because I of course, they when they unveiled the bust and. Uh, 
Archie kind of put his yeah, hand great. on the forehead. That was great. <laughs> Total troll move right there. Well, Mace, there is a football game this weekend. Against the football team. Against the football There are many team. football teams, but there is only one football team. <laughs> exactly. The one from Washington or yeah. Virginia or Maryland, wherever they're actually from. They have D.C. as their city name. Yep. They train in Virginia. They play their games in Maryland. Oh, my gosh. What a nightmare. I'm so happy the Broncos don't have that. I'm, I guess the Broncos have the city difference where they, they, their headquarters is in Inglewood, but they play yeah. in Denver. But at least it's the same state, the same metro area. I guess uh, that's probably the same metro area, too. But DMV, baby. <laughs> let's see what the Broncos need to do. And Mace, let's dump, jump into our whiteboard Wednesday mm-hmm. here. And the first key for this game is Haunt Scary Terry. And thanks to our great producer, Allie, for making this a mm-hmm. little Halloween-themed here. And we're going to roll with that. So Scary Terry, of course, I'm talking about Terry McLaurin, the guy that we all loved down mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago. Went in the third round by the Washington football team. Everyone knew that was just a great draft choice when they made it, and he has turned out to be Mace. In the two games that he has 100 yards receiving on the year, the Washington football team is 2-0. and This is not only a fantastic leader off the field, but mm-hmm. boy, is he a leader and has so much to do in their success. If he has a good game, you're going to be really big trouble if you're the Broncos. And because he's also Taylor Heineke's favorite weapon when they're doing well. So you got to make sure that you shut him down, which leads me to the question, Mace. You put Pat Sertan on him since he's your best court corner? I think you probably have to. If you're going to have it, if you're going to have anyone shadow him, it would probably be Pat Sertan. Mm-hmm. Of course, he went five picks after Draymond Jones in the 2019 draft. Wow. And, you know, Draymond Jones has had some flashes, but uh, – Hasn't been a great season for Draymond Jones right now. It certainly is not. That what's uh, looking like uh, that was a maybe maybe not a miss of a pick, but right. uh, I think you mentioned how much we all like McLaurin down at the Singer Bowl in 2019 and uh, interviewed. Actually, had him on the radio leading up to the draft, and when that pick came around, I was hoping against hope that the Broncos <laughs> would take <laughs> yep. McLaurin. I was loving some McLaurin, <laughs> but you, yeah. you mentioned uh, you know how. Taylor Heineke likes him. Of course, he's got four. He's got four touchdown catches so far this year, and three of them came in the two games that Washington won. He had a touchdown against the Giants. He had 170 yards that day. 170. He had a, he had a 107. 107. Oh, 107. Okay. He had a buck high. 23 in two scores against Atlanta. Yep. Washington's other win. And the only exception, 122 yards on seven catches and a touchdown last week's loss at Green Bay. But as we've already discussed. That game was a couple of goal line flubs away from basically being an overtime game between yeah. those those two teams. Definitely the classic example of the game was much closer than the score indicated. So when Washington's getting Terry McLaurin involved, generally speaking, they're playing good football, the kind of football they want to play. Yep, exactly. And so speaking of who's throwing him the ball, the Broncos have to put Taylor on his Heineke. Yeah, you see what we're doing there Uh. with that. Uh, The Broncos have to limit Taylor Heineke. Look, he is not a very good quarterback. He's a young guy, so maybe he's just inconsistent. But Mace, when he has a good game, the Washington football team wins. When he's thrown for 200 or in 90 or more yards, the Washington football team has won. When he takes them on his back, they win, but it has to be to the extreme. It has to be to almost a 300-yard game. In their two wins, he has a 300 or he has a 290-yard passing game, and he has a 320-yard passing game, I believe. So that's the key for the Broncos: is don't let Taylor Heineke destroy you and carry him on his carry this team on his back. And Mace, the concerning thing about this is entering the season, you would say the Broncos' defense is going to dominate Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Now. This secondary and this pass defense has not looked good at all. And I can envision a world in which Taylor Heineke throws for 300 yards against this team. It's happened multiple times against the Broncos already. Well, the other thing, in terms of his six starts this year, the two best in completion percentage for Heineke were the two games Washington won. He completed 69.7% of his passes against Atlanta, 73.9% against New York, the two games that they won. The next closest one after that was last Sunday at Green Bay again, Probably the best game that Washington has played of any of their losses was what was the game they played at Green Bay. So if he is completing two-thirds of his passes or better, and 
if he's avoiding mis- if he's avoiding mistakes. He's had a couple of games with multiple interceptions this year, and obviously Washington. Washington lost both of those. They lost to New Orleans with two picks, lost to Buffalo with two picks. One pick against Kansas City, Green Bay, the Giants, no picks against Atlanta. So obviously you can kind of see this, the scale that, that operates on. So you want to not only put him on his butt, but you want to do something that the Broncos have done very poorly, which is take the ball away. The Broncos, the last four weeks, Zach, dead last in takeaways per game. And in the Vic Fangio era, the Broncos are tied for 28th in the league with three other teams and better than only one team, the Detroit Lions, in takeaways per game in the Fangio era. Mm. That, I think, when you look at the, at the last two, two and a half, nearly you know, two and a half seasons, I think the biggest disappointment in Vic Fangio's stewardship in terms of on-field play is the fact that his defense ha- was not what you expected, at least based on what we saw in 2018 Chicago. There have been other years where Vic's defense didn't force a lot of takeaways. But you were hiring him based on that 2018 season when the Bears did. And that's been a huge disappointment with the talent the Broncos have on that side of the ball. Yep, exactly. The next whiteboard hit is trick and treat. And, of course, Mace, everyone wants the treats when it comes to Halloween, and especially on the football field, because that means, you know, points. Scoring points, the Broncos haven't got those treats that much that often this football season. But in order to get the treats, Mace is going to have to do some tricks. And how tricky have we seen this Broncos team so far this season? We haven't. I mean, Mm -hmm. on defense, we haven't seen anything creative. On offense, we certainly haven't seen anything creative. I'm trying to think of the biggest trick play the Broncos have run on offense, and uh, this may be a little bit extreme, but I feel like it's those fake jet sweeps they do all the time is like the trickiest thing in their arsenal, and it's a fake. And now they've handed that off, I think, one or two times, and they they haven't gone for big plays. But honestly, that may be the biggest trick play they've had. Yeah, and – I'm not saying go full-on Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions here, but you need to try something to kind of shake things up. Keep special teams out of it. Well, that might <laughs> that might be where the trick play comes from, and I can feel people's throats kind oh, of yes. clenching oh, yes. a little bit. Oh, God, Tom McMahon trick play. Yeah. Special teams actually been the best unit on the team the last couple of weeks. It has, crazy enough. Yeah. Most consistent one. So I'm just whether it comes on special teams, whether it comes on offense, just show that you're starting to kind of – Throw everything and the kitchen sink out there. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. Because in, in that What would, do you have to lose at this point? And also, Mace, wouldn't that kind of give the players a sense of urgency to show, like, hey, the coaches are showing that we have to have this? The past few games, when you've been desperate, when you've really needed to win these games against the Raiders, against the Browns, you should have been breaking out these plays. Now you have to win this game. I mean, we, we, we've already set the past two games up as, like, turning points in the season. But if you want any chance in turning this thing around, because mm-hmm. the Broncos are already on the downside of this right now, uh, you have to win this game. And then maybe you beat the Eagles at home. The Broncos will be favored in that game if they win this game this week. And then you can be at 500 going into the bye week. So you have to win this game. The coaching staff has to treat it like that. And they, they have to put uh, the, the plays where their mouth is and, and do some creative things. I worry that we may not see these kind of effort trick plays until or unless there's a coaching change. Oh, man. And I'm, I'm, and remi- was- yeah, I'm reminded old school Tampa Bay three decades ago, and they made a coaching change late in the 1990s season. And then all of a sudden you've got like, you've got reverses, you've got flea flickers, you've got all, you know, they just, all of a sudden they just loosened up. Yep. Now what Vic and company need to do, especially with probably their jobs on the line here in the next few weeks, is just loosen up. Yep. Try, try yep. some things. Yep. Have at some least, fun. Have some fun or, and at least say, Hey, we tried. Right, right. We tried it. We tried that. Yeah. You know, the whole the the, the you know the regrets are the shots you don't take. Right. Yep. Try it. Take a shot. Yep. Exactly. Take a shot. They took the shot a few months ago on the coaching staff. Now take a <laughs> yes. shot. A shot. Yeah. <laughs> at least go out swinging. At least you haven't done this, so at least try this. And let's get to our last whiteboard key mm-hmm. here. And Mace, it is a special one. Don't give away candy, even though it's Halloween, Mace. What are you What are you saying? I'm saying don't turn the ball over. Ah, yes. And look, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, his calculus for being a viable quarterback is to not turn the ball over. And 
in, since the last play of the Pittsburgh game, five interceptions and a lost fumble. Uh, and if he's turning brutal. the ball over at that rate, why are you playing him? Yep. So this is what's kind of on the line for Teddy Bridgewater here, assuming that he's healthier and should play, is protect the football and do what you're supposed to do. This is your advantage over Drew Locke is that you have historically better ball security. That hasn't been the case, and he's just had this cluster of giveaways. It's like he's – do you remember the uh, the practice – I think it was like the third or fourth day of training camp when he, it just rained turnovers for him. Yep. Like he's just in, he's in that yep. cluster right now. He, yep. It's like a, like a picture who just is all of a sudden he's cruising along and then all of a sudden walks a couple batters, hits a guy and it's bases loaded with nobody out. Yep. He's having an episode right now. He needs to pull himself out of that episode. Otherwise there's no reason to play him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a really good point and, uh, and something that I'm sure he understands right now. And Mesa, if you need to get yourself together because you're all out of whack, well, make sure to check out the Weed Whacker from our friends over at Manscaped. Of course, the Weed Whacker, get all that hair in your nose, get rid of it. Get all that hair in your ears, gone just like that. And of course, if you need some help below the belt, turn to their Lawnmower 4.0, which is the best razor out there because it's got that skin safe technology that advanced skin safe technology i should say which mace is the most important thing when you're talking about a razor but then it's got a 7000 rpm motor too which really makes it so that it makes things easy and also has i mean it has all the features you could ever imagine on a car and it has it in a little razor it's got wireless charging so you don't have to worry about battery life it's waterproof you can take it in the shower if you want it's got an on and off switch for an led light so it, it really is the most versatile razor out there and you can get 20 percent off over at manscaped by using the code dnvr over at manscaped.com and you'll also get free shipping when you do that and might i recommend also checking out the the performance package 4.0 which comes with that lawnmower it also comes with the crop reserver the crop reviver a travel bag a shaving mats anything the performance boxers so make sure to check out everything they have going on including some shower products as well and you can get 20 percent off all of that by using the code dnvr over at manscape.com we recommend manscape we recommend breckenridge brew i would i would recommend making sure you take care of the manscaping before you have your Breck and Ah, uh, yes, yes. Right? Yeah, that's the precursor. Exactly. Manscaped, Breck, Brew, then go to the DNVR so bar for the night. It's appropriate that we're doing the Manscaped read before the Breck Brew read. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Breck and Reach Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. We've got the good company hard seltzers on hand here at the DNVR bar. Check those out. If you come on out to the DNVR Broncos tailgate on Sunday, not only do you have that pizza from Sexy Pizza, but you're going to have an array of delicious Breck and Reach Brews in those coolers on hand so you can get yourself a little bit lathered before going on in to watch the football team and the Broncos. Of course, we love our Breck beers. We love our seltzers. We also love that the Breckenridge Brewery this year teamed up with the National Parks Conservation Association to give 1% of their profits to help our great outdoors. So anytime you buy a Breckenridge beer, anytime you buy one of those good company hard seltzers, you're going to give a little bit to help the great outdoors. Of course, if you want to get Breckenridge Brew, you can come on down to the DMVR bar. You can go on down to the farmhouse in Littleton. That's at their brewery. It's right off Santa Fe and have a great meal with some of those delicious Breck brews. Or if you just want to get some and have some at home, then go to the Breck Beer Locator on their website. You're going to find out plenty of places in Colorado. By the way, Christmas Ale. Mm-hmm. I was at King Supers earlier this week. Christmas Ale is in stock. Yeah. It's back. So we're feeling a little nip in the air right now. There's snow in the forecast for next week here in Colorado. It's going to get you in the mood for that Christmas ale as all those decorations start grow- start going up. And my favorite thing about Breckenridge Brew, it, or I guess one of my favorite things, and one thing that really stand, ma- makes them stand out is their mini kegs that they have. Those are, those those are, are in their stores. Christmas uh-huh. ale. Yep. Already seen them. They're yep. already there. you got to get those mm-hmm. for a party that you're having. And you also have to check out our friends over at Mint Mobile. Mace, you and I have already checked out Mint Mobile. You and I are putting our stamp of approval on Mint Mobile because we love their service. And what Mint Mobile is, is it's incredibly affordable cell phone service. 
with the exact same cell phone service that you're getting right now, all it is is at a much cheaper price. And you're probably like, well, what's the catch? Because after a year or two, they're probably going to raise my rates just like every other cell phone service company. Nope, they don't do that. This is the price forever. And the reason is that they're able to make it so cheap is they don't have any in-person stores. So what you do is you go on to mintmobile.com and you sign up for one of their plans. Uh, you go to mintmobile.com slash DNBR. Sign up for one of their plans starting at $15 a month. All of their plans include unlimited talk, unlimited text, and then you just choose the data plan you want from there. And you start at $15 a month. Mace, a lot of people are paying over $100 a month. $15 a month, you can get it. They send you a little SIM card in the mail. It's so easy. You take it out, you put it in your phone, you download an app like I did, and boom, there you go. You get to keep your own phone. You get to keep your own number. You just get to save tons of money in the process. So make sure to check them out. There's no reason not to, guys. They use the same towers, cell phone towers, that all of the major companies use. So that means you get the exact same cell phone service at literally no disadvantage to you. So make sure to check them out over at mintmobile.com slash DNVR. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section. And before we do, let's hit a super chat coming in from Neil Jones really quick. He says, Mace, would you have had Mayfield as quarterback five in the 2020 draft? If not, why treat him the same as Locke? I wouldn't have had Mayfield. And May again, like you mentioned, Mayfield did much more as a rookie than Locke did. Right. And Mayfield was more accurate coming out of Mizzou than Drew Locke. Right, and more more accurate showed more acumen with a complex offense running what Lincoln Riley ran compared to what they ran at Mizzou. Just a better prospect. Yeah, and and I think most people yeah. would would have said that about Baker as well. Um, okay, let's hop into the comment section, Mace. And first one coming in from Mile High Till I Die. He says, my boys, I came in hot with some post-game negativity the other day as I and we are all frustrated with so many facets of this team. So today I wanted to come in with some positivity and gratitude and say thank you for all the great work that you do. Everything that DNVR does on a regular basis is inspiring to see, entertaining to hear, and I'm thankful for this community. Well, thank Thank you so much, Mile High Till I Die. We are very thankful for you. He says, also, I have a quick question. What are the chances that a new owner is super involved in the day-to-day -day operations with this team? I may be wrong, but it seems like the old school owners like Mr. B, Jerry Jones, and Jim Irsay are more hands-on and involved with their teams, whereas newer potential owners just have insane wealth that they want to spend on a new shiny toy and have the clout that comes with owning a sports franchise when they themselves don't really know anything about football, i.e. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I would expect that we would see if we're talking about these billion these multi-billionaire owners that they would have somebody who would be running the day to day. Yep. And that would be basically kind of the point person. Um you know, for example, like the one that went through my mind to take a, an example from another sport was uh when the Abu Dhabi investment group bought Manchester City back right. in the late 2000s, well they they designated one person Khaldun al-Mubarak to basically handle the day-to-day -day administration of Man City. Mm. So I would think that you would see something like that where if it was one of these mega-billionaire owners that they would have somebody who'd basically be the CEO and the day-to-day hands-on and would ultimately, you know, kind of provide some reports to the owner and the owner the owner would get to receive the trophies, basically. <laughs> right, yep, yep. But you'd have somebody... Uh, a chairman who was basically handling the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at Pat Bolin, he yeah. was not a billionaire right. by any means when he bought this. What are you buying for? hundred and uh, – or no. no, no, that was the Jerry Jones buying the Cowboys. No, it was like right? – I, I want to say it was like about uh, $40 million or so. $40 million, Holy cow. So look at that. And, of course, we know that Pat uh, had to do some things to make sure that the team was still funded, and it was really his baby. Yeah, Pat – I'm actually looking at this. Uh, Pat Bolin – Okay, seventy-eight million. My best. Seventy-eight. Okay. Yeah, Edgar yeah. Kaiser, I think, was about forty million. Pretty Edgar Kaiser made good. a mint in just three years owning the team. Man, mm. that is impressive. Yes. Next one coming in from Chicago Bronco eighty-six. As much as I don't want it to be the case, I'm tired of always waiting on next year. Is it possible Pey Peyton's best move is to focus on shoring up this roster this offseason and getting a quarterback the next? While the Chiefs will always be a contender with Mahomes, with his cap hit, their strongest season seems to be behind them. We saw something similar in Seattle with when they had to pay Russ. In the last 15 Super Bowls, only, I think, six of the 30 teams had a quarterback with a top-five cap hit. With those were Brady, Eli, Peyton, and Matt Ryan. They suggest 
they suggest your best Super Bowl window is before shelling out for a mega contract, even with an elite guy. With that seemingly weak quarterback class, could it be prudent to try and build a roster that's a quarterback short of truly contending, then do whatever it takes to get the guy for 2022 in order to maximize your best window short of a three-step rebuild to complete completely starting over in 2023? Thoughts? It would make some sense, but what do you think of the 2023 class? Does it is it any better on the surface in 2022? Because I'm looking at the 2026 class, Mace. Arch you're looking Manning. at Arch Manning, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That, there are probably a lot of Broncos fans who, deep in their hearts, feel that way. Yeah. But the other thing is also, you're the value of the court of the quarterbacks available in this year's class. It may align best with where the Broncos pick if they're picking middle of the first round. The value of the quarterbacks right. that we're talking about may actually be mid first round and so it might it might line up i think you i don't think you say we're not picking a quarterback right. this year right. because oh because maybe we could have a chance of getting a guy next year i don't think you should i don't think you should do that if you like a guy this year you pick him this year yeah and and you move up and you right. trade up and you do whatever you need to do in order to get him but if you don't like any quarterbacks mm-hmm. and you're and you're picking at mm-hmm. fifteen and there's none that you like there, Mace, then you don't say we're just gonna take a quarterback to take a quarterback. But if you do really like a quarterback there, you do take him. You don't pass up on him. Well, I do think that maybe one weakness the Broncos have had is I think they find re- more reasons to not like quarterbacks because that they've been burned. And like for example, we saw the report uh, earlier this year about Justin Fields, and yes, he's struggling yeah. right now. I get that. But the report from I believe Charles Robinson was that. A reason why the Broncos didn't take Justin Fields was because of concerns about epilepsy, concerns that have largely been allayed. And yep. if that was the reason why they didn't take Justin Fields, I don't know if that was the best reason. I, I agree with you. And also, there's another guy, Mac Jones, out there in New England. Of Next course. one's coming in from, of course. Next one coming in from Jock. He says, at the Madden League, I'm coming for you, boys. See y'all Saturday, Mace. We're starting our new Madden League this year with our big draft, which we start with a completely empty roster. And we draft an entire roster this Saturday. So, Jock, mm. I, I hope uh, I hope you're not coming for my players. <laughs> I, I, I want I want the good ones. You've been attached to them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Now we're starting over. So hopefully, I can get some good ones. Right, but Cas- I look forward yeah. to that, Jock. Right, move on to Casper, fellas. I understand the team is trying to make the playoffs, and Teddy most likely gives them the best chance. But if Peyton is looking at the long term picture, wouldn't starting lock be the best choice? Either he figures it out and the team can build around him, or he fails. And the team has better p- draft picks to find the guy. Having Bridgewater start is just letting mediocrity win. That does nothing to help. How say you? Well, and I totally see where you're coming from, Casper, and see where you're, where, where, what you're saying. But George Payton is still making moves to help this team this year. Vic Fangio is not thinking about the future. They're thinking about the now still. So there's that's why they're still on Teddy Bridgewater. You will be right if it, if this comes to the bye week, Mace, and, and they are below 500 or on a seven game losing streak or something crazy like that. Then there will be a move made like this. How much do you think of it with Vic is not trusting Drew and the quarterbacks and the returning and because Brett Rippon's in the room as well, not trusting Drew and Brett Rippon after what happened last year with the uh, not wearing masks and then having the contact tracers destroyed and then. And they're, you know, and then lying about or placed in different parts of the room, and then lying about it. I think it really taints I, Vic's opinion. I of them. think, uh, yeah, I, I think Vic just uh, Vic and the coaches. I think after that, they just don't trust those guys. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I so, agree with you, and I see where you're coming from as well, yeah. Casper. Next one from Windy City Bronco: Being the worst team in the league is almost as hard as being the best team. You have to make bad draft picks, bad free agent signings, and bad coaching decisions over years to truly be bad. Even then, you can screw up. Win one game and ruin everything. Even if you win the race, you become the Jaguars, a team with cost-controlled quarterback going to waste while they're trying to build the roster. So when we talk about rebuild, keep that in mind. We aren't a team that has a lot of deadweight contracts. We just need to let some veteran talent go as we look to develop young players for the future. It's not a radical change. Mostly, we need better coaching. Jaguars need better head coaching. Yeah, that is for sure. And actually, that's a team that they're having injuries take a toll, but it's got some talented parts to it. Mm -hmm. I think with, like, if you plugged, obviously extreme example, but if you plug Sean Payton as the head coach of that staff ahead of Urban Meyer, I think the Jags are at least 3-3. and Yeah. Talents, at least. Maybe even four and two. There's talent on that team. He has lost that team completely. Yes. 
there's there's talent on the coaching staff as well. I think uh, the interesting thing with the Jaguars is that uh, the guy who may be the right person for them might be Daryl Bevel sitting there on that staff. Mm, interesting. We'll see what route they go. Mile yep. High Buckeyes says, my boys, it's been a rough few weeks. Going to the games in Pittsburgh and Cleveland were brutal. I can't believe Vic and Pat Shermer still have jobs. You guys have been the bright spot during this whole season and make my work days better. I didn't get the RK should have guaranteed a win comments. His optimism last Wednesday was a much needed boost. All that being said, we need to rebuild with a modern offense and a new quarterback. What do you think the asking price is on Justin Fields? I have one more game to go to this year, Dallas, and I'm mentally preparing myself to get hurt again. Much love, Alex. Much love to you, Alex. Mm -hmm. We love that you're rolling with us. Asking price on Justin Fields. I don't think the Bears will trade him. In fact, the Bears, if they have any intelligence about them, if they make a coaching change in the offseason, will hire a coach specifically for developing Justin Fields. If I were Chicago and I didn't mind bringing in a guy with no head coaching experience, I would look at the job that – Greg Roman did with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and say, I want some of that. Yep. Greg Roman would make a heck of a lot of sense for the Bears. He really would. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. LDJ says, you know what great teams and organizations do? They allow for the best players to play. Hayden Hurst drafted in the first round. Mark Andrews in the third. Both taken the same year. Hurst is gone. Andrews is a stud. I want Noah Fant to compete with Albert O for the tight end one. Albert O, or Albert o touchdown in week one versus the Giants is a testament to the pedigree of the player he is and effort and beyond frustrated with Noah for not fighting for plays and being soft. We got to give Alberto more opportunities. And that good thing is Alberto is back on the practice field. He could play this week. Yeah. I mean, he's got to get more opportunities, but he's got to do something with him. He had a great opportunity in the Baltimore game running down the right side of the field and the ball literally goes through his hands. Yeah. He's, he, he isn't all the way there. Yet. I don't want to be too too hard on Alberto because he's still young and he missed a lot of last season. But Mace, he he has had a lot of crucial drops yeah. in the season so far. I love his talent, and you got to keep feeding him. But he needs to take take advantage of every yeah. every opportunity he gets in order to take over Noah Fant's spot. I mean, really, kind of the steadiest guy is Eric Salbert right now. <laughs> yes, he is Drake Drake graduate. Yeah. Ohio Bronco LX. He says, "Give me three reasons why the Broncos still make the playoffs." Go. Uh, they get Jerry Judy back, and Love that it. could transform things for Teddy Bridgewater in particular. That's that's why I, this game's really interesting for Teddy because he gets his security blanket back out there. Mm-hmm. So, Mace, Jerry that G- that's one. I'm going to go with a, a two here, see if you agree with me. George Payton's a buyer right now. He's mm. all in on this team as of right now. Now, I don't think the moves he's made are game-changing moves, but I think it shows that at least as of right now, George Payton's not looking to sell the team away. He hasn't given away anything of consequence right. in buying. I mean, Yeah, yeah. But he's also not giving away big-time players Yet. Right, yet. And and we'll see if that changes after the Washington game. And then, well, number three, if the Chiefs aren't that good, <laughs> then between now and the end of the season, you have, let's say you have two games with the Chiefs and they're not good and they shut it down. Maybe you can win them and you can beat the Eagles and you can beat Washington and beat Detroit. And then it's, okay, how do you steal right. a game from the Chargers? And yep. how do you maybe steal the game at Vegas and um, beat Cincinnati at home? You do get them at home. Yep. Uh, so That's the type of optimism we're, we're looking for, Mace. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if, if, the, if the Chiefs end up spiraling – that's maybe a couple of wins there if you're going to be optimistic. There we go. I love it, Mace. But, oh, I, I, I don't know. Mace, let's get to this one really quick. Pick Tosser 66 says, I tried scrubbing the heck out of this damn tattoo, but it just won't come off. Of course, he's talking about his Broncos tattoo. Kidding, of course. I'm ride or die, but dang, we sure have taken a swan dive since my son and I decided to profess our love for the squad with some ink. Need a win so I don't feel like I have a scarlet letter branded on me. This team has big problems. Something there is really just off, and it's very obvious to anyone watching. Got a clean house with this coaching staff. Good teams all seem to have a noticeable energy that this Broncos team just doesn't seem to have. We think it sucks for us to watch football, but it looks like the players hate being on the field even more. This team is broken, and we need a new leader. Year three in the Fangio system, and this is what we get? No fire, lack of communication, poor tackling? I can go on and on about how awful this defense is. And on offense... 
There is no identity whatsoever. Why are we? Tr- what are we trying to do on game day? What does the other team have for for the game plan? It's like we go into every game like it's a preseason game. We have to be the easiest team to coach against. I just don't get it. I love this team and always will. I have no choice now with this damn tattoo. But watching them is just not very enjoyable. It's actually painful, but rolling with you guys definitely helps ease the pain. Well, the thing that sometimes happens if there's a disconnect between the coaches and the players as you start seeing more and more business decisions. Yep. Maybe you don't make that extra lunge. I mean, or, you know, you have Cortland Sutton who didn't try to make a tackle on an interception against the Raiders. Now he had the ACL. He suffered last year on an interception tackle, so he can get some trepidation. But on that play, he basically goes straight for the sideline. Yep. You start seeing... When things devolve, you start seeing more little things like that. Yep, happen. you do. Like if a like on defense, if a player, is, if the play is flowing away from him, and the runner is taking off and getting in, getting to the second level and beyond, maybe if the player, if it's away from his side, he's just kind of jogging and kind of standing rather than continuing to pursue. Yeah, it's little things like that where you see that everyone's kind of not on board with the head coach at this point. And that, Ma- that's the evidence of it. And Mace, the scary thing is we saw that with Aqib Tlaib in the final game of the season many years ago, uh-huh. but the scary thing is we've already seen to, seem to see some of this this year, and we're mm-hmm. talking about week seven, week six, week five. That is the scariest part. It, it's not that they won't play hard most of the time because you're playing for your own career, your own livelihood. And I think, you know, we've been kind of hard on Teddy, understandably so, because of the turnovers. I think in the second half, especially, that offense played hard for him Mm -hmm. in the huddle because he was kind of trying to grit it out on 70 to 75% at that point. And that was part of the reason why they came back in that game. Yep. So it's not like you're going to see everybody shutting it down, but – there's always that little kind of extra that's missing that you that if it, if a team is all in with its coaches is there. Yep. And that's something that could be a difference on Sunday because Washington is clearly in lockstep and on board with its coaching staff. Yeah, it it really is. They are buying all mm. in to uh, Ron Rivera and what he brings. Well, Mace, mm-hmm. yep. that'll do it for us today. We got to get to Broncos practice right now. We see that we didn't get to a couple of those questions. Mm-hmm. Melbourne Bronco, we definitely wanted to save that one for when Ryan is on. Dan Burke, we see your questions coming in. Hip, hip, you Ray. So if we didn't get in Big Tony as well, if we didn't get to your question, please just drop it in tomorrow's podcast and we'll try our best to get there gonna have a bonus pod at the end of this week too so we'll be able to get to all your questions regardless but just drop it in so we can get to it and mace that'll do it for us and before we get out of here gotta tell you guys about our friends over at green mountain dental you know the deal guys if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at green mountain dental they'll give you a free sonicare toothbrush look you have to go to the dentist twice a year anyways to keep to take care of those teeth might as well do it over at a place that is part of the dnvr fam that'll treat you incredibly well they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area so check them out schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll get a free sonicare toothbrush when you do it and make sure to tell them that dnvr sent you and you can talk colorado sports with them but mace that'll do it for us today thank you all so much for tuning in we really appreciate you rocking and rolling with us and we'll be back with some predictions on what's going to happen tomorrow so make sure to tune in hit us with a like on your way out and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the dnvr broncos podcast Flying
last time.